This is People Like Us, a show about Alt MBA alumni. Here's Matthew Lee from Alt MBA 23. So, Matthew, you're a principal at an architecture and design firm. When did you know that you wanted to do design? Yeah, you know, Covington, that's a really good question. Um, I don't. I think it was, it certainly wasn't something that I knew I was going to do uh, ever since I was younger. Uh, You know, in high school, I was not the individual. I don't, even now, I still don't feel like I have any amazingly, amazing artistic abilities. Um, So I wasn't in art class. Uh, I I was a science and math kid, and that's what I enjoyed. And I remember even when I applied to uh, college, all I applied to were engineering programs. So uh, when I went to school, I, my whole first year was, I, I was an engineering major. Um, you know, my, uh, dad always, um, you know, he was always in his little, his, uh, hobby room. And so he always did uh, model control airplanes. And so he was always building and flying those. And so I was always fascinated with that as a child. And so a lot of times I would find myself sitting in there and, and, you know, working on my own little rubber powered planes and, uh, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I want to go to school. I want to do aerospace engineering. Like that's I, that's what I wanted to do. I was so into just the idea of flight and wanting to be able to do that. You know, meanwhile, I, I you know I, I get to college and I uh, go through my my freshman year and I you know kind of hunted around and I found myself just on a lark in a first year interior design studio. So and it was. It was awesome. It was a way to, I guess, kind of explore myself in a, in a, in a way of thinking that was very foreign to me. And I absolutely loved it. And I was, I was thrilled. I was hooked. Uh, I was learning a lot about, you know, myself or just self-expression. Uh, and then, and then from there, self-expression through design and a whole different host of, uh, of ideas and topics, and uh, especially as it relates to you know how it's it, uh, how people interact with space, and it it just kind of blew my mind. And I was uh, from there, I was hooked. And I believe uh, the next semester that I was in school, I was still technically an engineering student, uh, but signed up for no engineering classes, and I was really out on a limb. Because they essentially said, you understand that by taking no engineering classes, you will be dropped from the school by the end of the year. So if they don't accept your transfer application, you're done. Like you're out. Um, but for some reason, I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, sure, cool, whatever, we'll figure it out. And it worked. So it, it, it was good. But uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe I wasn't thinking too straight at the time, but it, was, it worked out well for me. Um, and then out of school, I ended up, uh, I, I, I took some time off of school a few different times. One of the times I was in San Diego for a couple years and I ended up working at a, uh, small firm that was, um, it was sort of a bit of a joint venture. So it was like two or three of us in the architecture side and there were three or four folks in like a public relations side and they had their own joint venture and they did city planning. So interestingly enough, those are the types of projects we worked on. Uh, so that was another, you know, here I was at school dealing with the micro sort of environment, you know, the interior environment. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm out there and we're working on this macro context 
And again, I was completely in love with it. So just the ideas around how space can affect individuals. And there's, you know, there's positive ways and there's very negative ways that spaces can affect individuals. And so uh, getting to look at it in those two different, uh, you know, that micro and that macro lens just absolutely fascinated me. Like how people move through a space and um, how it affects their health and, you know, you know, sights and sounds and smells, like everything that really goes into making your interface with an environment a, a completely unique experience. Um, so when I finally went back to school to finish up, I ended up doing a minor in city planning uh, on top of it. And so now uh, the firm that I work for, uh, we specialize in design for higher ed, so higher education. And so good, like 90% of our work is on uh, college universities and campuses. And even within that niche itself, uh, we do a lot with um, uh, residence halls, so student communities, um, dining facilities, student centers, uh, and some academic buildings as well. Um, so if you kind of, what I end up liking about it is if you think about it, it's, and it's, it, they're their own little microcosm. So they're their own, you know, miniature cities. So we do a lot of planning as well. So we do a lot of campus master planning and housing master plans. So we're really getting into this unique situation I found where, you know, we're designing for, um, a user group that, you know, just think about like when you first went to college, say, if that's, you know, if, if that's something that you did, then it's, you know, you're, you're pretty young and you're learning who you are as an individual. And now you are taken out of your comfort zone and you're thrown in with a whole host of other people that you don't know. And so then it really accelerates that learning curve. And so, you know, the idea behind getting there and, building environments that help students thrive and they're giving them these options and these choices to create community and make connections um, is a really, uh, there's a lot of you know, weight and power that I think goes with that. That's really important. So it's like, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not just designed for design's sake. So we're always designing for these intentional outcomes um, on the, you know, sort of on the university and administration side, they really care a lot about um you know, like we said, students thriving. So to them, that will be um, their graduation rates are good so that students aren't dropping out. So that's their retention rates, um, their grade point averages. Um, and what they talk a lot about is student engagement. And so that interface of the students, you know, making connections with each other and making connections with faculty and how they learn and the resources they have available to them and if they're taking advantage of those resources. So that's, so I don't know, it, just, it feels like a lot of issues. Um, but it's just really fun to tackle and address. And it's great because every university you go to is completely different, even if there's some similar themes. Every university is different. Uh, they're all their own unique beast. And I enjoy it. That's fascinating that there's so much that goes into planning space. When did Alt-MBA come into the picture? Sure. So um, I've, you know, I guess I've been out of school now for a little over 11 years. Um, and I have, I guess I feel like I've been fortunate in my career to have uh, just like I'd be working at a company where there's, a, there's always been a lot of learning experiences. You know, I kind of figured like, oh, I get out of school and I work the first place two or three years. 
and you go on to the next thing. Well, you know, lo and behold, it's, you know, 11 years later. And I've always felt like there's, you know, there's learning experiences and there's ways for me to, to level up here and people push me. And I, I've really enjoyed that. Um, and I guess that I'm always looking for those types of experiences now. And I kind of, uh, it's feeling like a, at an inflection point um, where, you know, so I, I had mentioned uh, I'm a principal here at the firm now. Uh, that's, you know, that's only been for about a year. Um, so I was like very, feel very fortunate to be in that position. Um, you know, there's, like, there's a good, there's, there's plenty of principals and there's plenty more after me. Uh, so we're a very sort of like broad structured firm in that sense. Um, but the idea that, you know, okay, there's like this different weight and responsibility that I'm feeling now like about, you know, bringing projects in and talking with more folks and writing and getting out for more speaking engagements. And those are things that I've wanted to, you know, push on, but there's definitely been that fear and like that feeling of being stuck, the resistance, right. That we always all talk about and write about. Um, and so, you know, over the years, I, I kind of went back and forth, like a lot of other um, guests on your podcast have said, and like, okay, I've, I explored the MBA option, right? And so I felt like I kind of dabbled around in that every, you know, every like once a year, you kind of look into it a little bit more. And I could never answer the question of like, what do I expect to get out of this? And like, what do I want out of Like when I get, when I finish the MBA, it will mean this for me. I could never quite answer the question. And so I never made that jump. I remember like studying religiously for the, uh, for the, uh, the GMAT and then getting like two weeks away from taking the test. And I was like, you know what? Like, no, like I don't, it's, it's, it's not, it's not right. I do like, I couldn't tell what it was, but I just knew that it wasn't right. And I trying so hard to remember where I heard about the alt MBA. I didn't really know about Seth Godin. Uh, before, you know, maybe it was, it, it may have been on a, a Tim Ferriss podcast. I believe he was on there. It may have been somewhere else. I'm not sure, but I, I, I kind of heard it in passing while uh, my headphones were in. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. A, a different type of MBA program. Maybe this is what it's about. And I remember looking it up and as everyone else also says, like, I don't quite get it. I don't understand it, but something about it was sort of calling to me. And I think I tracked it. And rolled it around the idea in my round in my head for probably a good year and a half before I'm like, okay, um, it's not, uh, I feel like, I felt like, and so yeah, so 23, it happens. So it was like the summer session. I was like, okay, uh, volleyball season is done and, uh, I have a little break in work and I have a, you know, another thing coming up and it's right in between. It's that sweet spot. Like I'm doing it. I'm finally doing it. And I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I was hoping that it would just help shake some things loose and help me to really tap into productivity that I, I feel like I, I know I have in me. And I just, I just, I don't know, just a little sticking point, just felt a little sticky. Right. And so I, I was really looking for it to help me, uh, push myself into those a little more, those things that are maybe a little more uncomfortable for me and to be able to experience that, like, it's not so bad. It's not the issue that you're, issues that you're worried about. It's just, just do the work and get it done. Right. And so that's, that's what I was, that's what I was looking for. Um, and I, I very much feel like I got that. Sometimes I, I still, I came out of it also being a little nervous because I'm like, Oh man, like everybody's probably crushing all of their projects and everything they wanted to do right now. I'm like a month out. Like I don't, I haven't, I don't, 
you know, I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm being too relaxed about this. I, I need to, I need to, I need to kick my ass and get myself going again. I need to get, get my ass back in gear. Um, and so there's still a little bit of that and like worrying about like, okay, am I falling back into the resistance or am I pushing things forward? Uh, I've relaxed a bit about it now. Um, I think that things are moving forward. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it was good. It was a really good way to understand how to reflect on myself and probably the ways in which I was making decisions. Uh, and I definitely feel a lot more, I guess I've always felt like open about those types of things, but I feel like now I have more tools to dissect that so that I can understand it better and then make even more informed decisions. Um, interestingly enough, like, you know, coming out of the alt MBA, like I said, I've been, I've been like been crushing a certain project or thing that I was trying to get done at the, at the moment. But one habit that it has, at least it's still sticking with me now a few months out. So we'll see how I'm trying to make it a habit, but, uh, reading a lot more, uh, and reading intentionally, um, as a way to, you know, keep the mind sharp and keep thinking about things, reanalyzing and finding different ways to, to approach problems. So you mentioned volleyball. Do you, do you play volleyball? Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, I, I just kind of, my wife and I just kind of play recreationally, um, here and there just because it's fun. But so my wife, um, grew up playing volleyball. And she is a volleyball coach. So she coaches high school season right now. And then, uh, starting sort of like the other half of the year is, uh, club season. And so it's essentially travel volleyball. So, um, we coach a, uh, girls junior team. And this year we're coaching a U14 team. So they're all, they're basically eighth graders and they are ballers. Like they are amazing, amazing athletes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she is the head coach and I'm the assistant coach and we get to travel around a lot for tournaments and national qualifiers. And so we'll kind of, we'll head, I think this year we're doing Orlando, Chicago, Philadelphia. Um, and yeah, it's, it's time consuming, but it is one of the more rewarding things that I've ever uh, done. And, you know, talking about the growth mindset, um, you know, she and I are always talking about that and the, and, you know, the idea of like, how do we, how do we get, you know, these young players into that type of mindset? So, you know, a lot of times, obviously it's very easy for them. Like they're playing a really high level of volleyball and that's usually enough for them in this area. Well, all of a sudden you're exposed to all these other teams that are, you know, probably a lot better than you. And so how do we get them to frame that experience in their mind, which is actually, you know, a f- you know, it fuels their growth. Um, as a volleyball player and they're thinking and so they're not, you know, thinking that their talents are limited, but the idea that like, you know, you've got to get out there and work to make it happen. Like that's, that's what you have to do. So, um, for that reason, it's just, it's one of the more rewarding things I've ever done. And they are capable of like an amazing level of, of work and just volleyball ability and it is fun to watch. They are beasts. That's awesome. To close the show, I have one question that I ask all uh, all the people that I talk to. It's a it's a fill in the blank. One of the goals of the show is to help alt NBA alumni connect with one another. So, how would you fill in the blank? Reach out if blank. Sure. Um, reach out if. Um, I guess you're working on anything that is about creating community, uh, especially in a college campus setting. 
I would love to continue to be exposed to just new ideas and things that I would not encounter uh, by just you know being in in the design office and talking with other designers. Um, I, yeah, any ideas around how to make strong communities in a campus setting? I would love to to, to chat with people. You know, if it's how technology interfaces with the experience, if it's uh, about people being able to make better, you know, personal connections, um, you know, talking about how we do it around food, because uh, they work on a lot of dining facilities as well. And those are their own animal and those are a blast. Anything around that, that would be great. Um, reach out if uh, you want to just tell me to buck up and I need some accountability. I need to get my ass in gear. Totally fine. Um, and, uh, here's one of uh, my last reach out. If would be, um, reach out if you would be interested in the next few years in doing the trans America trail. Um, so when we did, when we had to do the video to convince someone, uh, I, the video that I did was to convince uh, my two best friends to do the trans America trail with me. And that is a, uh, most people do it on a motorcycle, uh, and it connects basically from the East coast to the West coast. So I think now it connects all the way somewhere in North Carolina and it goes all the way out to a beach in Oregon and you're rarely ever on a paved road. So it's all just like back roads, logging trails and everything. It's supposed to take 20 some days. I don't ride a motorcycle. I don't have one. I don't care. I'll learn those things, but it just seems like the most epic, just disconnect for a month go see what you're made of and then go see what is in our own backyard and just have the experience of a lifetime. So reach out if you would ever be interested in doing that. Because I don't think my friends are ever going to come around. So I'm looking for others now. That is a pretty epic reach out if. I, I really do hope you find a riding buddy. Thank you for uh, for being a part of this community and for taking the time to chat. Absolutely, Covington. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. I really enjoyed just the conversation, the dialogue with you. Top notch. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Matthew. Do you go by Matthew or do you go by Matt?